Are you looking to live the abundant life no matter what your income is? You're in the right place. This is the podcast that will teach and inspire you to live better. Whether you want to earn more, save more, or improve your relationship with money or people, it's time for the 90 Days to Abundance podcast, brought to you by SavingsAngel.com. Here's your host, the Chief Executive Angel of SavingsAngel.com, Josh Elledge. Thank you so much, Cece, and welcome to 90 Days to Abundance. I'm Josh, and I have been thinking about you lately, and I've been thinking in my goal of helping you enjoy more abundance. I know that one thing that happens for many of us is that we're trucking along in life, and we're doing okay, everything's great, uh, you know, we're, we're making progress, we've got great relationships with our kids, with our spouse, and and then something bad happens. Maybe it's a health challenge. Maybe it's a, a, a very expensive and unexpected expense. And we're dealing then with a crisis. And we're dealing with adversity. And, you know, it, it seems like it's these moments of adversity that that undo so much good work. These things that are seemingly beyond our control. And so I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there are people... That, uh, that are listening to this show that are struggling with adversity right now. And so I actually went on a quest and I wanted to find out if there were any speakers, if there were any experts that dealt specifically with dealing with adversity. And sure enough, I found Jen McDonough. She is a public speaker. She speaks to people who work in high-stress jobs. So first responders uh, and, and you know people who are dealing with a lot of just pretty heavy stuff on the job and sometimes take those problems home with them. And I I invited her on this show because she has an amazing story and she has just tremendous insight into adversity and how we can prepare ourselves and, and how when we're in the midst of that adversity, how we can overcome. I'm really excited about this message because I want you to live abundantly. I really, really do. And I believe that if we can become more resilient and if we can put ourselves in a position where maybe adversity doesn't happen to us as much even, is that possible? Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about that with Jen. But I do want to remind you of two things before I get before I invite uh, Jen on and we we have our chat with her. I've got two events that are happening this week. Number one, finally coming up. It's this Tuesday. I've had meetups in Michigan, but this will be my first Florida meetup, September 9th at 6.30 p.m. Meet me at Downtown Disney next to the House of Blues. I'll be right outside. And that's, again, September 9th. That's Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. I will be recording my next podcast, and I would love for you to join me. You're welcome to come by, say hi. I'd love to meet you in person. And then also, I'm very, very excited because I started a new company, MillionsInFreeMedia.com. Now, this website is primarily for business owners or people who have fancied themselves as an entrepreneur or they would like to become one. And so what I do is I teach what I know best in small business ownership, and that is how to get massive, massive exposure through working with the media. And basically, I'll share with you my story and exactly step-by-step how I've been able to create over $8 million in free advertising for my company, Savings Angel, because I want the same thing for you. And I'm going to teach you that. It's a free webinar. It's coming on the 16th. And so again, it's the uh, 16th at 9 p.m. And uh, that's a, that's a Tuesday again. That's next week, Tuesday, 9 p.m. And it's free and it's live. And so you'll be able to participate in that, but register now. Please register early. And, uh, I would love to, uh, meet you in person. Well, digitally, uh, through the webinar. And certainly if you have a small business, I'd love to visit with you, share with you everything I can in about 45 minutes time. And by the time you're done, you are going to have pages of notes. And, uh, this, I'm just very excited. I'm excited and, uh, to 
giving back uh, to the small business community and my my brothers and sisters who are, are entrepreneurs. So if this is you or if you know someone who is a small business owner or is uh, trying to get something started on the side, send them my way. Again, that's millionsinfreemedia.com and they can register for the free webinar. It'll explain everything. So with that, let's get to my conversation with Jen McDonough from The Iron Gen. And Jen, thank you so much for joining us on the 90 Days to Abundance program. Thank you for having me on, Josh. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. So Jen, so your specialty, you love to teach people about adversity. Is that right? And and, oh, I, and, and I know yeah. you've got a great story that illustrates how you were able to learn much of what you teach today. And I'm I'm hoping that you could share with my listeners that story. Oh, I would love to, Josh. Yes, we absolutely love going out to share with audiences our stories in a way to help them overcome their own adversities in life. And we use uh, a key component is resiliency in how we uh, help people get through those tough situations. And I know for your listeners, Josh, um, probably a lot of them have been through uh, certain troubles on their own and, and just learning how to do that. So it's just a thrill. Wow. And Jen, so so where did you, you know, going back to, you know, your early days, and I know that you were, you're an endurance athlete, is that right? Yeah, I am. I didn't start off uh, being one. In fact, um, I was a couch potato mom of three kids at mm. the time when I started my endurance journey. I know you do marathons and stuff, uh, and, and you had quite a story of your own, so you can probably relate, but I was a couch potato mom who couldn't run more than two blocks. And so I just decided one day to change my life and uh, went on a, a eating program and just said, this is what I'm going to do. Ten months later, I was running a marathon. And then from there, I went on to do an Ironman triathlon. So that was after wow. not knowing how to bike, swim, or run. So it was an amazing journey, one of the coolest things that I've ever done in my life outside of God and our family. And it really taught us a lot about perseverance, resilience, and how to get to where you want to be with goals. Wow. And and then I, I understand as well that you've been involved in weightlifting as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. In my early years, I was a, uh, a skinny kid that started off lifting with a broomstick in a room <laughs> full of uh, guys at a kind of an old-fashioned rocky Rocky Balboa type gym. And I was the only woman in the state of Minnesota, actually, at the time when I started lifting. So when I started lifting with this broomstick, I was literally competing with the guys and against the guys at these competitions. And um, actually went on to become an eight-time national uh, weightlifter champion. And uh, went to go on to do two U.S. Olympic festivals that I medaled in. And at that time, it was the highest that women could go in in the sports. So I went from a very uh, anaerobic sport, meaning that, uh, you know, we did things in short bursts. Maybe you were lifting for, you know, three seconds to all of a sudden this long distance, you know, 14, 15 hour race. So completely opposite ends of the spectrum. And in between that, I had, I don't share this a lot, but I had a very short stint with women's professional football, even though I had no clue on (laughs) how to play football or what the rules were. But um, that was cut short. After I made the team, though, I will say after, uh, after I became pregnant with our first child. So I was I think eight or nine months pregnant when I told the team that I was I was pregnant, and uh, <laughs> so that kind of ended abruptly. But but then we had kids, and I realized how much I loved being a mom. It's my favorite thing in the world. Mm. You know, and and back on you'd mentioned uh, you know just in regards to uh, uh, strength training and and weight training. Um, do, do you still continue to strength train? No, if you looked at me today, you'd think, really? You were a weightlifter. (laughs) (laughs) I've been about every body shape you can ever imagine. Uh Um, But I will, uh, I'm just getting back into the endurance training. So we went through a stint right, actually right after Ironman of being at the top of my game, feeling physically the best I've ever felt in my life, um, to absolutely going to 
the bottom of mm. the depths of despair two months later yeah. um, when our son was diagnosed with a lifetime medical condition. And that's where our finance journey started, wow. uh, where we found ourselves reeling in a ton of debt and desperate, full of fear, um, not knowing where we would be uh, in life. And, and uh, all the things that I had done up to that point kind of led into helping us through that finance journey of finding that resiliency. And of course, um, as you've went through Dave Ramsey's course mm -hmm. and found how awesome he is, we too found out how awesome he was and started following his plan. And so everything kind of added together, made it, uh, made an amazing journey. But what's even more fun for us today is to be able to share that story with people and say, hey, look, at these are all the things that we've learned, we've taken, and um, now we're able to share that with others and, and help them through those tough times. So Jen, go ahead and share that with us. Tell me, tell me that story, that, 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 that part of that story when you had just finished the Ironman and then you received this news and what, what happened and, and how were you, I mean, what specifically did you do, um, that, that led you beyond all of this, um, adversity? Well, when our, uh, like I mentioned, right after Ironman, our son was diagnosed with a lifetime medical condition and we were, Josh, we were so, we were in such a painful time in our lives because we thought, wow, this can't be happening to us. You know, this stuff always happens to other people and, and we never saw it coming. And, you know, of course, as a parent, I think no matter what happens with your child, when something like that happens, you, in the back of your mind, you always have that guilt, like, what if I could have done this? Or what if I could have done that? And then you start worrying about the future and it's all the what ifs. What if, um, you know, what's his life going to be like tomorrow? What's his life going to be like next year? What about in 20 years when, you know, who's going to take care of him when we're not with him 24-7? And what's yeah. his life going to be like? And so you've got all that fear. And at the same time, you know, as as a, a couple weeks had passed and we're living in this depths of despair, that same time as we started to pay off these medical bills, we found that we had no money left over for um for stuff like our house payment and our um groceries i remembered standing at one point in time standing in a grocery line josh with my credit card in hand and it's a little local grocery store we live in a very small town so everybody knows each other kind of a thing and i remembered being filled with so much fear and absolute shame as I'm standing there with my credit card and I've got, you know, a couple things on the conveyor belt for supper that night thinking, oh, my gosh, is my is my am I going to have enough money on my card to pay for what I have? And so as I'm standing there literally shaking, nearly in tears, nobody behind me knows what's going on. And certainly no one in front of me as I get up to the cashier and hand her my card. I'm holding my breath thinking, oh, my gosh what is this neighbor of mine going to say when my card is denied? You know, am I going to have to put everything back? And, and what are the people behind me going to think? You know, am I going to see pity in their eyes? Are they going to be like, wow, is she a dumb idiot? She can't even afford her groceries. I mean, we had nothing left in our account. We had maxed out our line of credit. We had maxed out our credit card. There was always ways for us to find money in the past. When something would happen, we would um, cover it with a 401k loan. We always had money and we always thought we were smart with money. We could find the lowest interest rate, the best um, payment plans, everything. We thought we were geniuses with money. And so when this happened, we were absolutely it felt like someone hit us upside the head. It's like, what do you mean we can't get any more money? That's, you know, that money that we, that line of credit, if you want to call it on that credit card, we had had gotten to a point where we considered that our money. So that yeah. $15,000 limit was our money. It wasn't that we owed the credit card company money. There wasn't any of our money left on that card to pay for those groceries. And so it was a really kind of a funky mindset that we had got in, but uh, we got to a point where we just said, hey, God, we want you to fix this problem. We want a pot of gold to come our way. And so Bob and I, being faith-based people, prayed um, for our problem to be fixed. We just wanted it fixed. And it wasn't, Josh. And we were mad. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought, hey, 
God, you know, why aren't you listening to our problems? Why aren't you taking this pain away and fixing it? And what came our way was not a pot of gold, but it came in the form of a class. And I will tell you, I was so angry because I thought a class is not what we need. I've never met anyone who went through a finance class, and it's embarrassing. You know, I don't want anyone to know that we have to take a finance class. And I don't want to learn about money. I just want money. I need a fix to my problem today. I need to make the house payment today. Um, you know, I need to pay that stack of bills that I've piled up in the on my pile of denial that I'm not even going to look at. I need to pay those bills today. I don't want a class. And so literally, Josh, that was the last, uh, that was kind of our last resort to fall onto. That was the only thing left. A church was, our church was providing classes. So we went through the class and right away, you know, seeing people who are in our situation, talk about their problems, talk about money problems. You know, as you know, most people, would rather talk about their sex life in public than they'd rather talk about their finances. (laughs) It kills me. But we were that same way. And so seeing people talk about their issues, their problems, really helped take a lot of the shame that we were feeling about our situation and um, start, start, uh, you know, being able to embrace our reality of saying, okay, I'm going to have the courage enough today to look at where we're at today. And I would love to tell you that it was a perfect story. Uh, you know, we did great, but I'll, I'll tell you that Bob and I were on very, my husband Bob, uh, were on very different pages when we started for probably the first five, six months of our journey. Very different. And wow. so that made it a little difficult. But as we, you know, have learned uh, a lot about finances throughout the years, it's we've found that that's pretty common for people to be on different um, spectrums of the finance situation. Yeah. And so somehow you managed to pay off $212,000. So Jen, did you strike it rich? I mean, what, <laughs> what'd you do? No, we were still waiting for that pot of gold to come our way and dang it, it never did. Um, it did in a, a different form in, in what we thought. So when we started, Josh, we were supposed to pay off $48,000 in four years. And it wasn't just four years. It was four years. We thought, wow, this is going to take forever. And $48,000 seemed impossible. We thought, how are we going to do this? Um, When we sat down to do our first budget, we were $1,000 behind on our budget. We were shocked and horrified to discover where our money had been going in the past. Um, We added up just our eating out money alone. I couldn't even say this for probably two years. Now I'm like, oh, yeah. We spent a thousand dollars a month on going out to eat. So we would go out to eat for pizza, Chinese and Mexican on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then we had all our lunches during the week. And then we had our, you know, drive in hamburger visits at McDonald's because we didn't have time. We were always running. We were always short on money and we were always short on time. And so it was very, a very eye opening experience to go through and embrace that reality. And, and, but, but in doing so and looking at how much money we had coming in, going out and how much debt we owed, it allowed us to start moving forward in our journey to say, okay, this is our reality today. This is what I can do today. And I think a lot of times when we get in those situations, we look at only what we can't do. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. Yep. You know, we're, we're running our kids every night here, there. Um, I can't work an extra job. I can't sell anything. And we just literally changed our way of thinking and start, instead of looking at what we couldn't do, we started to ask ourselves a really simple question and we started asking ourselves, what can we do? Mm. And when we started asking ourselves that really simple question, things started opening up. So instead of looking at what we couldn't do in, during the week, because we were so busy, we didn't have time to do anything. We said, okay, we've got 168 hours at our disposal. What can we do? And Josh, when we did that, amazing things happened. We started looking at our time different, our money different. Um, we started looking at our stewardship different. And absolute abundance started coming our way when wow. we started taking ownership of that. So, for instance, in 2010, 
Um, we had a lot of trauma and drama going on in our lives. We were taking our son out for some medical visits, out-of-state medical visits. We were trying to pay all out of pocket for that, for his travel. Um, we ended up having an unexpected fourth pregnancy during that time, which I also developed H1N1. Bob and I both had unexpected surgeries that year. I lost my totally secure job that I loved. Oh. Um, it was just, it was like losing your identity when I yeah, lost this job. No all that, and we had a couple other things go on, but we had all this trauma and drama. But even during that time, in, in, in a downturn economy, when, you know, unemployment was double digits, we were able to pull down 10 W-2 forms that year. And it was <laughs> simply by looking at what we could do. And uh, we started taking on jobs that were eight, ten dollars an hour, and people would laugh at us. Josh, we worked at a local yeah. pizza joint. We're at forty years old. I'm standing on the corner carrying a sign for you know Domino's Pizza, up and down the street where all my small town neighbors can see me oh. making eight bucks an hour. And yeah. I could have felt really sorry for myself, but I didn't. Uh, instead, I looked at it and said, "Hey, I'm making eight more dollars an hour." That I would be if I was at home, and uh, you know what? We're I'm able to get exercise while I'm doing this, <laughs> and I'm not out spending money. And so all during that time, um, Bob and I made sure you know one of us was with the kids at all time. But even with that, we were able to pull down these little jobs. And what that did is it changed our mindset of how we spent money. So it wasn't just that twenty dollar item at the store, that five, ten, twenty dollar item. It was now how many hours did it take us to work to get that item? So after taxes, you know, that five dollar item is now a one hour of work item. Is it worth it to work one hour of work for that pop, gum and a candy bar? No. No, absolutely not. And so it changed our spending habits. And um that is how we we literally uh changed our lives, you know, through the help of others on learning how to do it, but then by applying it and moving it in incremental steps throughout the process. So watching every dollar coming in and going out and looking at it as, hey, you know, that's my time, my money. How am I choosing to do that? Amazing. So, so Jen, I'm listening to all the sacrifice that, that you and your husband had to do. And, and at this point in your life, I mean, when you look back at that sacrifice, do you, and you ask yourself, you know, and, and others may be asking, oh my gosh, you know, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, delivering pizzas at $8 an hour, you know, me in my 40s, you know, but but you look back and you say, well, was it worth it? And I guess, Jen, the question for you is, was it worth it? I would never want to go through that time again. Yeah. Really, <laughs> right. I'm just being honest, people. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't have missed a minute of it for the world. Absolutely not. It It has changed our family's life, not just Bob you know, my husband and, and my life, but also our kids' life. It's had an amazing impact and it's rippled not only through our lives, but rippled through other people's lives to where it's affected them. It's It's been an amazing journey and one that it, it, it was just, it's changed us. It's brought so much contentment in our lives and joy and abundance. You know, uh, you know speaking from the abundance part, Josh, when we started, we we wanted to be sure to be giving during this 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 thing. And we always thought we were great givers because we would throw, you know, five bucks in the church plate when it would go by and think, wow, that's really a sacrifice, you know. But yet we'd go spend $20 at McDonald's, but we didn't look at it the same. And we just changed that thinking around just a little bit and said, okay, I'm going to be intentional. So we started out giving 1% when we started our journey. And Josh, that felt like, Oh my goodness, we can't do this. And every month we, our, our natural, our natural tendency was to say, Oh, we can't do this. But again, we changed that thinking intentionally and said, quit thinking like that. Ask what can you do? And, and little by little over a two year period of time, we built that up to 10% of giving. Mm -hmm. And every month we thought this is going to be impossible. But simply by saying, Hey, what can we do it, do? And then doing it was, amazing. That was one of the things that we were really proud to do is to build that up because we had never 
intentionally gave like that before. And it's just, it's been amazing how much abundance that has brought into our lives and just kind of the whole spirit of how we do it. And it's really taught our kids, um, you know, how to have that type of abundance in their lives as well. Yeah. So, you know, for my audience, you know, there there may be some are very familiar with the concept of tithing, maybe very religious, and then there might be some that, you know, don't necessarily don't don't necessarily consider themselves religious or even spiritual for that matter. And but just generally, for a general audience, you know, how would you explain, you know, tithing and and how has that uh, actually been helpful for you? Can you, you know, explain I, can you explain tithing in secular terms? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hmm. You know, for us, I just think, wow, we've been given so much. You know, again, kind of thinking of that can't do mentality, I think a lot of us have a tendency of seeing what we don't have in life. You know, maybe we 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 want things. It's it's human nature. We want, you know, nice things. Maybe it's that nice house, that nice car. Um, and seeing our wants as, um, needs can, can, is really tough nowadays. So to give you an example, using cars, we always thought we needed a new car because Bob and I used to, um, make our commutes every day. We're about a hundred miles round trip. And so Bob Mm. considers safety a big thing for our family. And so we always thought we need to have a new car. We need to have this and that. And after going through this experience and looking at things as really a truly wants and needs thing, it changed our life. And so we looked at cars, for example, and said, you know what? We don't need these new car cars. We don't oh, yeah. need to be paying $500 a month in car payments. Um, we can get by with a $500 car. Um, literally, one car payment is what we we drive in car value today. <laughs> take take a gas pretty much doubles the value of our yeah. cars. But um but seeing that wants and needs thing has, has been amazing. And so seeing our giving as a um a thing that we really want to do has been amazing instead of looking at what we can't do and just to appreciate and have gratitude for what we do have makes it kind of like you want to pay it forward, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. we just feel, for us, stewardship is something that we, it's just a part of our lives now. Um, and I think we're at this point now where we think, wow, we don't feel like we're giving enough. Um, and so we'll be wanting to up that percentage, even though I'll be really honest with you, Josh, and we've been through this process, but there's still kind of that faith thing that first faith versus giving to think, oh, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. But I know from experience that abundance attracts abundance. And so by being intentional and giving, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch our kids. Uh, they have an allowance each week that they have a, a savings, giving, and um, spending money account. And it's been amazing to watch what they've done with their charity money because that's totally their gig. We're yeah. like, hey, you know, that's, you know, that's for you to choose. Um, it's been really rewarding to watch. Jen, how important do you think gratitude is? Oh, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty important in being able to change our perspective on things. So for us again it it went from looking at what we can't have what we can't do what we don't have to being appreciative on what we do have by seeing that hey you know if we make over i think it's 45 or 50,000 dollars a year we're like in the top 1% of the richest people in the world <laughs> yeah. isn't that amazing yeah. when you change that perspective around and that gratitude has given us so much joy and peace and contentment and it's it's just um it's been a a, a truly a blessing wow and and speaking of adversity uh, where do you think that that where does adversity come from is it i mean is it intentional I mean, is it is it part of the plan of why we're here on earth i i don't know yeah you know it's funny isn't it josh sometimes you look at people and even though we speak on the subject sometimes I look at people's stories and I think wow how are they doing it you know how did they do it 
But, you know, I think adversity comes at us in all different ways. It'll, it, it, it's kind of like the storms in our life. We never expect them to come. But as our pastor at our church, Bob Merritt, an um, author, author has written, you know, it's, it, we never expect storms to come in our life, but really there's only three phases in life. Either number one, we're, um, we're in a storm of life or we have things happening as, to us. Number two, we've come out of that storm and we're just like, whew. And three, the third phase is, is we're waiting to go into the next storm and we don't even know it. And I think a lot of the adversities that we have come in our life are made so much worse when we're not living kind of that proactive life, when we're living reactive. So, for example, when our son was um, was diagnosed, we were shell-shocked. I mean, it was something that came yeah. at us that was uncontrollable. We didn't have control over what was happening to him. It was very, you know... It was very, oh, you just wanted to cling and hang on and say, you know, I want what was in the past, but it's not possible. But having our finances kind of happen at the same time made the whole situation so much more worse. And I think, wow, if we had been um, good stewards of our money, if this wouldn't have happened with our finances, the way we thought about what he had would have been much different, our reactions to things. Um just this last week, my husband had actually emergency surgery last night, and he'll be in the hospital for the next couple days. But because we don't have the money concerns, you know, that stuff is already budgeted in our budget long ago for medical stuff. But because we don't have the financial concerns, we're able to deal with just focusing on um, getting him better to have him through that healing process. And I think when we take the time to 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 look at things like our finances or our health and we start living uh proactively we start seeing these things as a choice on how we're choosing to live rather than just letting life happen to us it makes it so much easier so that when things awful come in our life um, that we're able to deal with that and focus on that much better than having all these other outside distractions hit us. Yeah. And, and what would be, you know, speaking again as, uh, of adversity, what, what do you think would be some ineffective ways that we could respond to adversity? And then what, <laughs> what ends up happening? Well, I'll give you some examples for us uh, during our finance journey. Uh, pe- people will tend to isolate when they're going through tough times. There's three Mm, ways that mm -hmm. people usually respond to isolation, lashing out, and denial. And for us, we really went into isolation mode where um, we didn't want to call our, you know, employee assistance program to ask for help because, my goodness, if we did that, someone might know that we had problems and someone would discover all the shame that we were going through. Um, The other way that a lot of times people will respond out is lashing out. Yeah. Uh, I remembered a friend of mine at work innocently asked me, uh, he mentioned about Halloween coming up and what his kids were going to be for Halloween. And he said, hey, Jen, uh, what are your kids going to be? And Josh, I'm not being cocky, but <laughs> normally I'm a pretty positive person. I went off on this poor man. Oh, and, no. Oh, yes, I did. And I said, how can, you know, the American public be worried about Halloween when people can't even afford groceries on their table? Oh. And how can they put these expectations on these kids, and which puts it on the parents? And then there's so much guilt and shame. And how can these, you know, places do that? It's all about marketing, and it's all about getting my money. Mm. Do you think this guy ever asked me about Halloween again? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. He never did. He never yes, touchy touch subject. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, wow, I felt so justified at that moment. Oh, yeah. Telling him, you know, what was wrong with the situation. And and um I didn't even realize it at the time what I'd done, but it kind of hit me when he walked away the look on his face. I thought, what's his problem? But, you know, when we get in those situations, simple things like people asking you, how's your day, can set people off. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, what do you mean, you know, my day? I've got all these problems. And, and we, you know, you see it on stuff like Facebook. You see people just dumping their um, 
negative attitude out. And sometimes you think, gosh, what's their problem? You know, you see that person at the grocery store and they're wigging out about something and you're like, hey, what's your problem? And a lot of times what's behind that is that they're having some sort of struggles or issues in their life that are causing these outbursts in other areas. And then the third way is denial. And I think um, we've all been in denial at some point in our lives. And it can be a really pleasant place sometimes to be, but denial on our situation by not embracing that, that reality can lead to so many more problems down the line. For example, uh, you know, when we were going before our finance crisis hit, you know, we would find ourselves struggling in one area and we would just take out a loan in another. So yeah. we would think, oh, we paid off our credit card. We have no credit card debt. You know, yay for us. And then we'd run that credit card back up again. And then we'd take out another loan and say, oh, we don't have any credit card debt. And so that denial uh, leads to actually greater problems in the long run if we don't address those problems. Mm. And does, Jen, do you think adversity has, like, what's what's the opposite of adversity? And And kind of paint a picture for me of what that might be? Oh, that's a good question, Josh. You know, I think seeing our situations as a choice, no matter what situation we're in, um, I would say maybe empowerment would be the opposite yeah, of adversity. Yeah. That um, There may be a few other choices, but that comes to mind off the top of my head. Just seeing our situations as a choice and how we're going to react to that situation can bring empowerment in our lives, which can conquer, definitely conquer adversity and help us get through, um, through those moments. And, and an empowered life. What does, what, tell me more about what that looks like for you. Oh, yeah. I, I think just again, seeing life as a choice. So, uh, finances as an example. Um, you know, seeing your choice, sometimes we feel stuck. We feel stuck in situations. We feel stuck in a crummy job. We're not getting paid enough. You know, our health, we feel stuck in our health situations. We're on, you know, all these pills because of this or that. But seeing our attitude and perspective as a choice can bring incredible abundance. So, so for example, on the situation with our son, seeing how we react to his situation, even though we don't have control over what he has, seeing how we react to it can lead to a proactive life. So um, we, you can start seeing life as you having control over how you're going to react to those outcomes rather than seeing that life is happening to you. Uh, we get caught in kind of a drift in life. And I guess that's where kind of the feeding grounds of adversity. And so living a life of empowerment is saying, hey, you know, I may not always be able to control those uncontrollable variables that are, are going to come sure. at me every day, whether that's in my job or in my private life, but I am going to control how I react to that. And so um, seeing your situation as a choice is, is huge. You know, if we if you feel stuck in your job, change it. You know, either change jobs, change your attitude, change um, whatever it is that you need to change by seeing that empowerment, you will do amazing things. Mm, wonderful. And now, Jen McDonough, the Iron Jen, you <laughs> have had the opportunity to speak uh, to uh, workplaces and, and workplaces specifically uh, where you're talking with employees that work in high stress or chaotic environments. I mean, who is that and, and, and what is your message to them? I love, now we're kind of our message is pretty universal where we can go out and speak to everyone, anyone, because we all have adversities in life. But really my passion is, is helping people who kind of work in mucky situations, uh, which are high stress situations. So for instance, um, 911 operators, um, jailers, uh, law enforcement, uh, air travelers, any type of job that has a high stress situation where there's uncontrollable variables coming at you constantly. 
And uh, those are our favorite groups to talk to because they really resonate with the message. And our message is, is that, you know what, you do have control over your outcomes. Resiliency is um, such a golden thing to have in our lives. And basically, here are the three steps on how you can gain resiliency in your life. And that is what I call my EMS system, which is embracing your reality, moving it forward incrementally, because those incremental steps are golden, and then snatching your outcomes, which means uh, setting your goals and then absolutely going after them like crazy. Good. And, and how has, uh, how have people responded now? Jen, as a, as a teacher, you have the opportunity to teach this to large groups of people. And, and what kind of response are you seeing from those who you're able to teach and mentor? You know, Josh, it's, it's been amazing to, to go out and share our story because what it really does is it takes a lot of the shame out of people's lives and it kind of opens up a uh, it's almost like a light bulb going off for some of them. Um, and different things will click with different people. And it's interesting to hear what sticks with people. So, for instance, um, with some people, it may be the time aspect of our story and how we took back that time. And um, I think it removes a lot of the stigmatism that people have in their lives, whatever they're feeling shame about. Because when we're vulnerable about our situation and we're willing to share with others what our situation is, it helps us go from that weak point in life to becoming our strongest selves. And that that really is key um, because it's it's so easy to isolate or to lash out or denial. We 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 tend to not want people close to us. We don't want people to know our situation, and so we mask it with all kinds of things. But by by going out and speaking to groups, it opens um, opens them up to, you know, seeing the things that we've done that have been crazy, but it resonates with them because they can, it mirrors what is going on in their own lives, whether it's in health or their career or, you know, uh, their finances, whatever it is that they're struggling in, it, it helps them to open up and see their own situation. And, and in doing so, it helps them to open up to others. And when we become vulnerable and willing to share with others, that's truly when we go from our wow. weakest points in life to becoming our strongest self. Wouldn't you agree that being vulnerable is just, is probably just like one of the most beautiful things that, that, that someone can do? I think such magic happens when, when we're able to say we're with our spouse and we are able to be vulnerable with them where we, you know, really open our heart and share with them, you know, our fears or share with them, uh, you know, kind of what our, our inner talk and our inner dialogue. But, but I love that word vulnerable. That, that is such a, and, and, it may seem contrary, but it feels like such an empowering thing if you can allow yourself to become such. Josh, if you would have asked me this when I was in my Rocky Balboa gym, lifting with my weightlifter friends, we would have all looked at you like, what? Like, that's <laughs> the worst thing that you can do. What are you talking about? That's what a weak person would do. And I think that's what a lot of us assume, that you're super weak if you do that. I interviewed on my radio show, um, the Iron Jen show, I had um, a person on who's a post-traumatic stress disorder expert. He's a former Army Ranger that went through 13 deployments. He ended up going through an episode, post-traumatic uh, stress disorder episode, where he ended up on the, his front lawn with two pistols drawn against eight police officers. And he talks about his journey of going from being a really strong person, confident, strong on the outside. Um, you know, nothing, nothing scares me. I am courageous. I'm strong to becoming this person that was this, he felt to be this awful person in society. He was so full of shame and just his journey of learning how vulnerability is truly the key from going from our weakest self to becoming our strongest self is amazing. He now today is a counselor. He put himself through school um, while, you know, they had two little kids and he's now a counselor for veterans today who, who've been through, who are going through post-traumatic stress, who've, wow. who've been what they have been through. And he talks about 
uh, on the show, uh, we talked about vulnerability. And at the end of the show, it kind of hit me. I said, Hector, could you even imagine, you know, 10 years ago, you talking about vulnerability? He's like, no, ma'am, hoorah, vulnerability, you know, what is that? <laughs> and, but now that's his, one of his biggest things. I mean, he works in, in, with uh, vulnerability every day. And it's simply by people opening up and sharing their life with him. And, and when, uh, you know, he, we're both big Brene Brown fans. Brene is a um, shame expert. She is a vulnerability expert. She did a great TED Talks that went viral in 2010. Her book, Dare to Be Great, is one of my top 10 favorite books of all time. But she talks about vulnerability and um, how how that process is and how we all perceive it to be this weak thing. But really, that's how we become strong people. And if you look at, um, you know, I I look at like your journey, uh, Josh, and how you 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 embrace the fact that, hey, you weren't a finance expert and you were going to learn about this finance stuff. And now look at what you're doing today. I mean, you're helping millions of, of families change yeah. their life. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that, Jen. And and so I'd like to conclude by asking you, Jen, you know, this concept of abundance and, and, and listening to you and during our discussion here, I, I feel like you, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for your answer, but, uh, you know, this concept of abundance, what, what does that mean to you? I think it's like a magnet. I mean, how can it not come to you? It's it's hard to explain, but it's one of those things that when you experience it, you're like, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, you know, I, I, I call it also blessings, too. Um, people will call it uh, karma or, you know, whatever you're saying is for it. But I think when you experience it, it's just one of the most amazing, amazing things. So uh, we see abundance show up in our lives every day. Uh, for our own situation, it's, you know, even as parents getting to watch our kids experience that abundance happen in their life. Uh, for example, our son is not cured like we had hoped he would be, that we were striving to, to you know, find this miracle cure for him. But the uh, the incredible blessings that have come out of that experience of going through what we did um, has been amazing. You know, we, we brought him to out of town research visits for two years. We struggled each and every visit to get him out there to pay for that. And, you know, we never dreamed, we never dreamed that the stuff that we learned from that experience would, um, would happen. And so I think abundance is one of those things that sometimes you have no clue on how it's going to come to you or what form it's going to come to you, but it's like a big birthday cake coming to you every day. (laughs) And it's like, Oh my gosh, I didn't see that. And so it's just, uh, it's just, it's like eating surprises every day. And it's, it's fun. It's absolutely fun. But I think abundance attracts abundance. And when we say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to ask for prosperity and abundance every day in my life. And in turn, I want to be able to share that. I want to be able to open ourselves up to be uh, helping people find that abundance in their lives. It's just, it's like a a big magnet. And it attracts, I think people are attracted to each other who create that abundance in their lives. Abundance creates abundance. Wow. Well, Jen, I have really enjoyed our conversation. I've learned so many. It's kind of funny as we've been talking, uh, I've been like opening up all these tabs on my computer, like, oh, I got to remember to look up that. I got to remember to look that up. And I'll include uh, some of those links in in the show notes uh, of things that uh, you've sparked in me, uh, the things that you've referenced. But I I think the most important place that people can find a lot of these resources and these messages that you've shared uh, is your own website. And that's the Iron Jen. Dot com, and I'll have a link to that as well uh, if you go to savingsangel.com and you click on uh, podcast and then the show notes for this interview. Uh, but Jen, what else would you like uh, people to, how else can people learn from you? And I, you've oh, got a great you. podcast. Oh, thank you for asking. As you mentioned, we have our podcast, weekly podcast that's on Stitcher and iTunes every week under the Iron Gen, or you can sign up for our blogs and get those show notes every week. Uh, we also have three books, uh, three of our books that have been uh, top 100 Amazon sellers. Uh, they're Living Beyond Rich, which is our finance journey. But what I love about that book is it's not only our story, 
but we've grabbed about oh, a dozen experts around the country to feed into the book, to talk to people who, who may be in different circumstances than we were in. So, for instance, we've got a, an expert speaking to single moms. We have an expert speaking to um, uh, getting your kids ready for college. We, we talk about uh, people who are struggling with medical debt. So there's kind of something for everybody in that book. Love that book, Living Beyond Rich. The other book is Five Minutes a Day to Living Beyond Rich. That is the book for people who hate to read, who hate <laughs> finances, and hate the word budget. Um, if you are that person, you will love that book. If you are a person who loves Excel spreadsheets, loves numbers, you'll hate the book. But five <laughs> minutes, five minutes a day is the short and down and dirty way of getting your finances in order in literally five minutes a day. And then our other book, um, Living Beyond Awesome, that book has actually been in Amazon's top 100 Kindle category for, I haven't checked it for the last couple of weeks, but it, um, it's been in the top 100 for over two years. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Yeah. It's been amazing, but that was, uh, my journey of going from a couch potato to an Ironman triathlete. And I guarantee that if you read that book, you will be laughing out loud. It's, uh, it, it just, it's a great book because it proves that, you know what, if I can do this stuff, you can do it. Um, whatever it is that you're facing in life, um, if you see a, a person like me who, you know, can become a financial expert who hates finances, oh my gosh, you can do it. If you um, are a person who hates running or can't swim or you, uh, you know, have injured people on a bike and you want to do something great, you can do it. Well, Jen, thank you so much for your spending your time. I, you know, my, uh, gosh, my, my cup is, you have filled my cup today. <laughs> so I really, I really appreciate spending this time with you. And, uh, and again, I'll have links to everything that we talked about, uh, at, uh, at Savings Angel as well. So I can, uh, make sure that people know how they can find your books and, and everything else. All, the, all the other great giving, uh, that, that you are providing. So it's just fantastic. Well, Jen, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you, Josh. So I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jen McDonough. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to meet me at Tuesday at the House of Blues Downtown Disney. That's at 6.30 p.m. That's this Tuesday, September 9th. And I'd love to meet you in person. Also, if you're a small business owner or entrepreneur, I'd love to meet you digitally. I'd love to meet you over the internet. And you can do that right now by going to millionsinfreemedia.com. And this is my new company that I just launched. And this is in so I can be in service to other entrepreneurs and small business owners, helping you get your message on TV, in the news, in the media, and then shared socially everywhere. Because once you get good placement like that, it is really, really easy to get seen throughout the internet. So anyway, again, that's millionsinfreemedia.com, and I'd love for you to join me on my free webinar where I'll share with you how you can get your company on TV news and generate hundreds of new sales. Have a great day, have a great week, and as always, live abundantly. Yes, touchy subject. <laughs>